Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's good? This is the Pigpen Podcast. The 53-man roster is set for the Redskins. I have some thoughts on that. That we will break down, and it is time to bring back the fire Bruce Allen train in full force. Let's roll. Drag up that diesel. This is the Big Pen Podcast. I am Denton Day at Denton underscore Day on Twitter to follow me. We are going to break down the 53-man roster for the Washington Redskins. Uh, that is set in stone. I guess uh, 53 is probably not the right word to describe it because technically, as of this time of recording, it's about 51. But we will break down some of the key guys that we let go and some of the key guys that we kept with the possibility of some guys that we could uh, bring in to fill that 53 uh, spots, so those final two spots that we got here. If this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, go over to hogshaven.com and become a uh, member of the community over there. We got a whole lot of great stuff going on. But before we get into all of this, this football roster talk, because Lord knows we've had a ton of roster uh, podcasts done. Before we get into that, we got to get into uh, our man, and I use the term our man very reluctantly, our man Bruce Allen, who has just been causing a whole whirlwind of trouble for a very long time in this city, and it is, it's time where we kind of do something about it. Now, we we had a little bit of a, what I would say, a great summer, a great offseason. You know, the whole fire Bruce Allen trend, I would say more or less, started here on, on Hogs Haven. At least, this is the first time that I found about this fire Bruce Allen trend, and it was running wild across the internet for a few months the problem was and not really the problem but the problem was that the uh the time where it ran crazy was during the off season and the Redskins had been eliminated and it wasn't really that big of a deal they just kind of slept on it like yeah whatever we see it but like we don't really care that much but now with the season starting up it might be time to bring this train roaring back into action because I'm pretty sure that Bruce Allen is a complete and utter moron. And I'm, when I say pretty sure, I'm 100% sure that Bruce Allen is a complete and utter moron. And it, this this whole little rant that I'm about to go on, it is going to be some form of a rant. This is all about the Trent Williams stuff. It is 100% all about the Trent Williams stuff. I remember I did a podcast earlier 
in the offseason. And I said my panic meter for this Trent Williams situation was about a three. And this was before the preseason started. This was kind of just when he wasn't really showing up to camp, but we didn't know the extent of anything because, quite frankly, we still don't really know all of the details of the stuff that's going on with Trent Williams. But at that point, we really didn't know anything. I said, yeah, you know, it's a three, but I think eventually he'll come back. It is now the first official day of September. Trent Williams is not back. He is showing absolutely no signs of coming back in the near future. The panic meter is shattered. Like, it's not even a thing anymore. It's essentially evaporated into dust at this point. It is completely and utterly destroyed. But there is one person on the face of this planet that seems to think everything is just going to be well and fine, and that Trent Williams is just going to kind of waltz his way back into D.C., waltz his way back into Ashburn, and be like, hey, guys, I'm ready to go. And that man is Bruce Allen. And for the life of me, I cannot understand his reasoning for why he would think this way. And I get, like, you want to have some sort of uh, childlike optimism, I guess is the best way to describe it. But there is a big difference between that childlike optimism and just pure, utter delusion. And I don't even think Bruce Allen is walking the tightrope of that line. I think he's just kind of standing in the yard of pure and utter delusion, thinking that he is having childlike optimism. It doesn't make any sense. And we had some some sound from Bruce Allen. Uh, he did a sit-down interview with Sherry Burst of NBC4. It's a great interview. Uh, if you get a chance to watch the whole thing, I highly recommend doing so. But he did a sit-down interview with Sherry Burst of NBC4 Washington. And here's some of his thoughts on Trent Williams. You know, I'm not going to go into any conversation I have with a player. Um, he's, he's told me his thoughts. Um, but we're now in Philadelphia mode, and it's time to get going. Well, I think Trent's going to play football, yes. Um, we had a, a surprising retirement this week in the NFL, and I don't, I don't see Trent retiring. So Bruce Allen thinks that Trent Williams is going to play football, and he would say that he thinks that he's going to play football for the Redskins and that they are there are absolutely no plans of trading him. So there's half of that conversation that I absolutely love and I absolutely agree with. I think Trent Williams should play football again for the Washington Redskins and that we shouldn't trade him. But this idea that Bruce Allen is just thinking that he's going to waltz back in is nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense, and there are multiple sources that can kind of counter this a little bit. And this is where the big problem comes. And it's in the first part of that quote. And I'm, I'm going to play it again. I'm going to play again the first part. This is where I have the big issue with. You know, I'm not going to go into any conversation I have with a player. Um, he's, he's told me his thoughts. Um, but we're now in Philadelphia mode, and it's time to get going. I'm not going to go into any detail with any conversations of a player. He has told me his thoughts. That's a very strange sentence to say from Bruce Allen because earlier this week on the new podcast for The Athletic, D'Angelo Hall talked about the situation with Trent Williams, and he said, and I quote, I talked to him, and it's like, nah, I'm not showing up. We haven't talked. We haven't addressed the issues. Now, D'Angelo Hall is many things, many, many things. Good cornerback, a little feisty at times. I don't know D'Angelo Hall to be a liar. That doesn't seem like something that he's just going to casually do from time to time. If anything, D'Angelo Hall, at some points, may have been a little too real for his own good. So somebody isn't telling the truth here. And if it's between me picking D'Angelo Hall as a guy that's possibly lying, or Bruce Allen's possibly lying, I'm not thinking twice about who I'm picking in this situation. It is Bruce Allen that is lying. And it is absolutely infuriating to think that Trent Williams, who has been sitting out the entirety of training camp, who has been 
essentially just kind of waiting to be traded at this point. I think that's kind of safe to say. I don't want that to happen, but it sure seems like Trent Williams is, is just waiting to be traded. And Bruce Allen, the man in charge of running the franchise, the man in charge of running operations of the franchise, has not spoken to him. They have not ironed out any of the issues. So there's a good chance that we might actually know as much as Bruce Allen knows about the Trent Williams situation. The only difference is, we are fans, and he is the general manager. It's baffling. How have these two morons not spoken to each other? Get on your private jet. I don't know where Trent Williams is right now. Maybe he's in like Oklahoma or something. I don't know where he is. Get on your jet and fly there. Talk to him. He is the best player on the team. The best. He might be the best player at his position in the entire National Football League when he's healthy. Go talk to him. Settle it out. If it's about the money, give him the money. If it's about some other stuff, which I'm I'm in the camp that's leaning towards it's about some other stuff, fix the other stuff. Like, this shouldn't be that difficult. Two grown men just not being able to fix the issues. Meanwhile, one of them's getting on national, not national, but local television saying, yeah, no, we just, I'm not going to disclose what we've said. It's personal. I love a good loophole as much as anyone. But are you actually disclosing your conversations if conversations never actually happened? I'm just curious. Is that how that works? Because if it is, it shouldn't. The fire Bruce Allen train, it needs to come back, and it needs to come back in full force. We are in such a weird situation right now that Dan Snyder, who is more or less a villain, I'm going to call Dan Snyder kind of a villain in terms of, you know, fans, we kind of don't like the owner that much. He's kind of a villain here, but he's not like a big, big, bad villain. He's not the Joker, right? He's kind of like Penguin, where you can kind of use him for your own good at times and use him to, to uh, you, you got some, he has some resources that you can use, right? For my comic nerds out there. Well, here's another Batman line for you. I'm, I, this wasn't supposed to be a big Batman podcast, but here we are. I'm just kind of rolling here. Harvey Dent said in The Dark Knight, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Maybe, just maybe, Dan Snyder is doing the inverse of this situation. He was a villain who has lived long enough to possibly do something heroic for this franchise in firing Bruce Allen. Because at this point, it's just pure negligence. Or he just doesn't care. Or Bruce Allen has, like, pictures or something. Like, I, I can't think of a realistic reason as to why Bruce Allen still has a job for the length of time that he has with no results to prove that he is worthy of said job. And he is now in kind of a, a, a spitting match, almost a weird tug of war with the team's best player and has really done nothing about it. Dan Snyder is the savior that we need right now. And that's one of the more frightening sentences I've ever said in my football-related conversations in life. But Dan Snyder is the savior we need. It's time to bring the Bruce Allen, the fire Bruce Allen train back in full force. Okay, now that that rant is kind of over, let's shift our focus a little bit to the uh, the Redskins roster situation. So it is about 9 p.m. on a Sunday, um, just so in case anything happens at like 10 a.m. on a Monday, it's not a part of this because it's 9 p.m. on a Sunday and I can't tell in the future. But this isn't going to be like where I break down every single position that we've done because odds are this is going to go up on either a Monday or a Tuesday and you could be listening to this on like a Thursday and I'm aware of that. And at that point, you have probably seen every single roster uh, that the Redskins have had, right? I mean, you you have knowledge of what the Redskins roster is looking like, but there are some positions that uh, we did a really good job with, and there are also some big names that got cut. And of course, the biggest name that got cut is going to be Josh Doxson. And the writing has kind of been on the wall for this Doxson move 
if we want to be honest, really since Scott left, when they moved on from Scott McLuhan, there wasn't, I would assume, a whole lot of big, big Josh Doxson guys in the building. I mean, Scott was probably the biggest Josh Josh Doxson guy we've had. And when he was gone, he was like, all right, well, do we really need this guy? And then we didn't pick up that option, and the writing became a lot more clear. And then just factoring in the idea that a guy that was drafted nearly a full round of picks after Josh Doxson is now the highest paid wide receiver in football in Michael Thomas, the, the, the signs were there. Like Josh Doxson was probably not going to be with us past this year if he actually played for us this year. And they just decided, nope, you know what, we're going we're gonna to kind of let him go now. We're going to go with this young group of talent that we have here. And for all intents and purposes, I think the Redskins did a good job with the wide receiver position. It's not the sexiest in the world. There are guys that are very, very young. There are guys that are green. So it's not going to jump off the page. There are going to be national writers that say the Redskins have the weakest wide receiver core. And who cares? I mean, quite honestly, who really cares? Because I like the group that we have here. You know, we got Richardson, Quinn, and McClure, and those are probably going to be your your traditional starters. Then Harmon, Steve Sims Jr., and my guy, Robert Davis, that's a pretty good group right there. I'm very curious to see how McLaurin does because we didn't get to see him a whole lot in the preseason. I have high hopes for him, but I have high hopes for all of the young guys. I've been a big Robert Davis guy really the entirety of this offseason with the preseason and really last year too, Ever uh, before his injury. Really, I, lo- I loved Robert Davis, so I'm glad that he made the roster. I like the group that we have in that position and it was just time to let Josh Doxson go I mean we can talk about this till the cows come home he just wasn't the fit wasn't there anymore maybe he needs a clean start I mean I would personally I wish the best for the guy uh, as a guy I don't really want to see him go and have success elsewhere though like, I'm gonna be pretty pissed off if he goes and becomes an all-pro wide receiver literally anywhere else I don't even care if it's in our division outside of our division in our conference whatever if he he go to Oakland for all I care and put up 1500 yards and I'm gonna be pissed if that really happens, I don't think it will, but if that does, I'm going to be very upset, but we let him go. That's a big move. We kept five running backs, and one of the reasons we did so was a strategic move to kind of put Sean Wilson on IR and free up a spot a little bit. Uh, we kept Byron Marshall. Byron Marshall was cut very quickly uh, to pick up Wendell Smallwood. Smallwood played some years with the Eagles. We faced the Eagles week one, so maybe there's a little bit of a, a gameplay strategy going on there, but this was a very uh, interesting move. Just the running, the way we handled the running back position in general. I get the Sean Wilson move just to free up a, another roster spot, but even the idea of keeping four running backs with Wendell Smallwood, I, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I, mean, I know you want to have uh, a lot of guys uh, who can run the football, but we have a lot of guys that can run the football. And we have three guys that are all really, really good, but also all really, really different. So I don't really know where Smallwood fits into our group of running backs. And this is not even factoring in Bryce Love. I mean, maybe that's looking way too far in the future uh, because Bryce Love's probably not going to play at all this year. I'd be shocked if he does. But that's something that we do have to factor in at some point. And Wendell Smallwood is kind of more of that third down back you would hope. I mean, you're not going to give him first-round carries. If we're giving Wendell Smallwood first-round carries, some or first-down carries, I should say, uh, some things are going wrong on the running back spot. We have... Adrian Peterson and guys who I would imagine are going to split first and second down, and then Chris Thompson is going to be your primary third down back. So I don't really know what Wendell Smallwood is going to do unless you want to try him in the return game or on special teams, but he doesn't really seem like the guy that's going to be you know on on special teams as frequently anymore because he is kind of a veteran in the game. So I'm curious to see how that ends up working, uh, but obviously I like the top three guys that we have at that position. We kept three um, three quarterbacks 
that was pretty self-explanatory. Maybe Colt goes on IR with the option to bring him back. Uh, at this point, I think that at the end of the season, I've said this many times. I know I'm not the only one that said this many times, but at some point, Dwayne Haskins is going to be our guy, and you're just going to kind of need someone to back him up behind there. I did curious quickly back to the running back spot. Uh, because we did bring in another guy, did anyone call LaShawn McCoy? I'm not saying that I wanted LaShawn McCoy, but I would just be curious to know if anybody with access to a phone in our organization decided to call LaShawn McCoy, or do we just do that thing that Bruce Allen does where we actually don't talk to people and just hope that they know. Uh, Maybe that's how they they operate things, but I would just be curious to see if that happened. I don't think LaShawn McCoy was ever going to come here because the idea of reuniting with Andy Reid just seems like something too good to pass up, especially playing with Patrick Mahomes and a extremely electric offense in Kansas City. But I would just be curious to know if anyone actually contacted him because that would have been a uh, another interesting dynamic to add to this team. Like I said, though, don't really want him that much. I know a lot of people are talking about the safety situation, keeping Troy Apke over Reeves. Reeves, thankfully, was able to make it to our practice squad, which I know is a, a big, big win for us. I don't really get the idea of keeping Apke over him either. I mean, there's not a whole lot to be said about that. I haven't found anyone that's really like, you know what, I actually think that Troy Apke was the better guy over Reeves. No one's really said that. So, or Reeves, sorry. Um, that that just kind of is, that is, is as it is. Obviously, you don't really want to have to go to that back part of the safety because uh, Landon Collins and Monte Nicholson are two really talented guys that have the potential to be really, really good. Monte Nicholson is a guy that is just awesome if he keeps his head right. And if he doesn't beat people up outside of a bar and one loud, he's going to be good. I mean, that that dude's a hell of a football player. He just needs to keep his head on straight and stay on the field. Um, but the, the Apke thing does is a little weird, I would say. And the final thing is the inside linebacker, uh, which is probably the weakest spot on the at least the defense right now. I mean, the defensive line and outside linebackers, the pass rushers, good. We are good to go in that department. It's the strength of our team right now. I, I'm pleased with that. The inside linebackers, though, are are significantly weaker. Uh, we kept four with Bostic, Holcomb, Sean Dion Hamilton, and Josh Harvey Clemens. I'm still a big Josh Harvey Clemens guy. I think I always will, but he's going to be a guy that I, I don't know if I'll ever really let go, kind of like uh, like Devin Thomas. I still love Devin Thomas. I don't know why, but I still do. Uh, I kind of feel that way about Josh Harvey Clemens. I think he's going to be good. Um, but the, the fact is, our the inside linebacker spot for us is is still kind of weak, and Maybe the they use these open roster spots to find a guy uh, who couldn't make it elsewhere and bring him in. But we also got to understand if that is the direction that we go. Uh, if we're bringing in a guy that somebody else cut, like there is a reason that somebody else cut them. We're not going to find an all-pro guy off the street. That usually doesn't happen that much. If we're bringing in a guy that somebody else cut, it's generally because they sucked over there. So what you're basically doing is saying, hey, I know it didn't really work out over there. Hopefully it works out better here. Please do your best to not suck while you're here. And that's kind of what you're saying right there. So I don't know what the the inside linebacker market is right now uh, in terms of the guys that got cut. I would imagine it's not anything special. But one thing, one thing, and this is this is something that did, I kind of just came to this conclusion literally a few minutes before I jumped on to start recording this podcast because Kiko Alonso was traded from the Dolphins to the Saints. And like with the situation with LaShawn McCoy, did anyone in our organization that has access to a phone, did they not call about Kiko Alonso? I'm just curious. Because that dude's a hell of a player and an inside linebacker, which is a position that we needed help at. And the Dolphins are officially not tanking, but they're tanking and they're selling everyone right now. Like, did nobody ask? 
even if the price is going to be something ridiculous, because Lord knows they must have charged, they fleeced Houston in a trade. It didn't seem like the price was that ridiculous for New Orleans. Like, could we not have called them and be like, hey, guys, uh, what's good with Kiko Alonso? We would like to have him on our football team. Because he would have been a great guy to have with this middle linebacking core. And all of a sudden, the middle linebacking core gets a lot better with a guy like Kiko Alonso. So I just want to know, like, did anybody call? That would have been a call that I think we should have made. It would have been a smart one. We would have benefited heavily from it. I would like to know why no one did if they didn't. If they did and it just didn't work, it didn't work. But, man, having Kiko Alonso would make our defense, which is already going to be a good defense, a lot better because he could kind of help fix the issues that we have with the middle linebacking core, the inside linebackers, I should say, because we've got that 3-4 going on. That's a guy that I would have tried to target, at least make the call. At least, because we know the Dolphins are selling everything. They're not officially tanking, but they're tanking. Make the call. So that is kind of the, just the general thoughts of the roster. Like I said, not going too in-depth because it's a few days after. And everyone and their mother has done a, a super in-depth breakdown. But just some general thoughts. This was more about the Bruce Allen stuff because I literally can't believe that he still has a job with us. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it makes no sense. But hey, money is money. Let me know your thoughts on any of these topics, any of the guys that made the roster or didn't make the roster. And of course, let's get this Bruce Allen train going. Tweet at me at Denton underscore day. Leave a comment down below. If you're listening on hogshaven.com and I will see you guys uh, next time, which will hopefully be after uh, the week one game. I'll see you then uh, with the Pick Them Podcast.